Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The man himself. He joins us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Jake Burns of Orange and Brown Report, specifically the Orange and Brown Film Room podcast jake appreciate you joining us man thanks for giving us some time here ahead of combine week real quick i i I gave kind of a soliloquy earlier in the show about how i just laugh sometimes at the 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 combine because i think we just make a big deal out of some of the stuff we see when it's hard i I understand like something like a a a sub four three forty is is impressive and that matters on an nfl field but i think sometimes we get like too overreactionary to this stuff and I also just feel like it's redundant because these guys do all the same stuff a lot of times at their pro day. So how uh, how valuable is the combine in your eyes? Well, I think the, the point you're making about it being a show is definitely true. I mean, it's just it's data that is necessary. You certainly need to see, you know, how strong an athlete is, how much explosion they have in the shuttle and short cone, uh, three cone drills and things like that. And obviously in the broad jump and high jump, it does tell you, how explosive these guys are on a football field, how athletically they compare to their peers. But, yeah, people make too big a deal about if a guy's a 4 4 he's not quite going to make it or, or whatever. Like, the thresholds have gotten a little crazy where if a guy's a 4 5 5 40 wide receiver, you're like, he's well, that's a disappointment. But there's plenty of 4 5 receivers who do really well. So it is um, – it's a part of the puzzle, man. It's always a part of the bigger picture. You know, the tape is the number one thing. Can a guy play or can he not play? And then – this element is nice to look at athletic thresholds. It's certainly important, and it's nice to get all the data in one and basically a week's time because pro days get so spread out. And yeah. You do never know with pro days the validity of that stuff. But it's very important. But it's made to be more than what it is. It's not more important than how how you know how you guys play on tape and things of that nature. Talking with Jake Burns in the hotline. Uh, so, where I guess from your perspective, I know you obviously dive into the film a lot. And I know you've already kind of started looking at some potential Browns targets. So I'm curious from your perspective, Jake, as we get ready for this week, and I, I always like to feel like the combine as sometimes lame as I think it is. I also recognize that it is kind of the symbolic start of draft talk, right? Like I understand some teams are already having those conversations and things in some cities. It's a bigger topic than maybe here in Cleveland this year because Cleveland doesn't have a first round pick. But this is the real chance for a lot of fans, I think, to see certain players get a sense of who are guys that the Browns could be targeting. Who are some of the guys you think the Browns could be targeting that fans should have their eyes on this week at the Combine? Yeah, good question. Certainly it is a kickoff of the offseason because right after this you get free agency and the league year turns over. So, yeah, this is the 
although senior bowl and people who care about the draft, like the shrine and senior bowl, they, they really see that. But like, this is where people start to see who's in the class and he tests really well. So um, I think your point there is definitely prudent. The guys that you should have an eye on. So wide receivers, it's not a top heavy class like the last two years, but it has a lot of really good late round one, early round two, and even day three, like rounds three, four depth. Like it's got a bunch of really enticing mm-hmm. prospects. So think about guys like Josh Downs from North Carolina, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, guys who you're trying to figure out how fast they run, but how well do they change direction? Those are guys that are certainly interesting. Uh, you talk about defensive tackles, right? The Browns may be looking at 42, perhaps into pick 98 at defensive tackle, probably more so 98 and 111. You're talking about like Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Uh, at that point, you're talking about Byron Young from Alabama as another fun one, Javon Dexter from Florida. Those guys, at pick 42, you start to lean into edge uh, a lot, you know, looking to find somebody long-term. I know they've been doing a bevy of short-term deals at opposite edges, whether it's you know, Olivier Vernon or, or, you know, they brought in Tack and obviously they signed Clowney to these two one-year deals, but they would love to sign, sorry, draft a guy at 42. And it's a really nice spot to draft an edge because it's a deep edge class. So, you know, guys that I'm paying attention uh, particularly to is B.J. Ojolari from LSU. You know, he's a smaller guy, but he's really flexible, can bend the edge, more thin than small. I should say taller, but Nolan Smith out of Georgia missed most of the year to injury, but is, again, a really nice prospect. So you're looking at him. Uh, Felix Anadike Ozoma, who's out of Kansas State, kind of looking at the younger guys that they'll be interested in that spot. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame. Uh, Tuli Tua Pelotu out of USC. So those are like some of the round, around pick 42 guys that they'll be interested in that you could pay attention to. Wide receiver, defensive tackle, edge are the guys I'm paying most attention to. Could they go safety? Could they go uh, in another direction maybe we're not expecting. Yeah, but I just think that those early spots, the mesh of yeah. what's going to be there at 42, wide receiver, edge, and defensive tackle are where Browns fans should be focusing. So you kind of laid it out very nicely. First of all, great information. I, I hope if fans are listening to home, they had their notepads out and they're writing down these names. But you can always go back and rewind and listen too if you need to to, to kind of get a, a good, a good uh, view on some of the names that Jake's throwing out here. But you mentioned – the guys you mentioned are in the – I would say position groups that are priorities for the Browns. Defensive tackle, we know, edge rushers, uh, wide receiver. I'm curious your thoughts on this because we could go back and forth on like which one we think is the biggest priority, all that. I'm not interested in that today specifically. What I'm interested in is, Jake, this team, the way it's currently constructed, we know it's ready to win now. And so they almost have certain things that they're going to have to address in free agency to get sort of ready-made players who have already proven something in the NFL – And then I think the draft, we know they value the draft. We know Andrew Barry hasn't really moved on from all, but I think one of his draft picks to this point in his tenure. So we know they want to build through the draft, but they also don't have the time to sit and necessarily wait for guys to develop. So you're looking for sort of depth pieces more so in the draft. Which of their uh, positions of priority or their biggest needs do you think they're looking at and saying, you know, we think we can address that more so in the draft versus free agency? It's a fantastic question. So we, we only have so much evidence from Andrew now three years into this thing where it has been a sort of slant toward younger prospects. They, mm. they, they, you know, if you'll hear people talk about age guardrails that they have in place, they have not taken anybody older than 22 in the early portions of the draft yet, right? They do go a little older later, but they want to draft young players and develop them because obviously a guy getting a second contract at age 25 
26 is better than 28 or 29 yeah. if you draft someone who's late 23 or into 24 years old during their rookie year. So they tend to draft younger. Now, with their current climate, which is ready to go, we've talked about this. You just alluded to it. They seem to be in a spot now where it's all gas, no, no breaks. We are trying to win Super Bowls. Nothing is impeding us. We don't have any quarterback questions. We don't have any suspensions, all the above. No, co- no coaching questions as it currently sits here. They should be all in on winning a Super Bowl. Does that change their draft philosophy? I think that's certainly where we're going to be paying attention to because Andrew Berry has been pretty vocal about we go into every draft as a, if it's an expansion draft and we don't prioritize you know, the way we lean on positional value. We don't like to deviate from it, and we like to draft based on less need, more long-term projection. And I get that, but you're running into a little bit of a risk here because of the financial stuff. They've paid a lot of guys. And with that, they're going to do some restructures, and they're going to have money to spend in free agency, but it is in the realm of possibility that they're not able to plug every single hole that they would like via free agency. Yeah, we all want them to go and sign a couple defensive tackles because those guys who you can sign on a budget-friendly contract, maybe in the seven to say six to $10 million range, are ready to play right away, while guys who are in Perry on Winfrey is a great example of this and we think we're a little further along in figuring out who these guys are, like Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. You just don't – it's a really hard position to figure out early in the NFL. So you can't expect the second, third, fourth, fifth-round defensive tackle to come in and contribute right away. Yeah. And they need some answers. So they need to get answers to defensive tackle. They probably need to go sign a post or single high safety uh, in, in, this, in this free agency class as well. Do they address another tight end? Do they address another wide receiver? There's a lot to figure out as we sit here and think about positions that they really need to upgrade outside of knowing what they'll do in free agency. I continue to look at like, okay, what's the best mesh of talent and what they need. We certainly know defensive tackle and edge are two positions that they need. It's a beautiful free agent class for that. It's also a beautiful, like what I mean by that is there's not a ton of top names, but there's a lot of really good depth value pieces to raise the seat, the basement of your operation and get rotational players in there. Because the Browns have lacked that, that true core rotational defensive line that can matter. So you mix that with a nice draft class around to pick 42, 98, and 111 and beyond of, of defensive tackle and edge guys, particularly edge. You can see how they can solve that. Now, wide receiver is yeah. a bit of an enigma. Wide receiver, they don't have. Uh, it's a terrible free agent class. It's one of the worst wide receiver free agent classes you'll see, but it does have a nice uh, spot of, of, of available talent at the t- that second-round selection and even pick 98-111. So it's a nice spot. I'll leave it this way. It's a nice spot of what they need right now with what's going to be available in two different sections of what they can do to improve their, their team this offseason. So I think there should be a lot of optimism around that, to be honest. A few more minutes with Jake Burns, the Orange and Brown Report. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake underscore Burns 18. Uh, you mentioned um, s- some different areas where they could sort of certainly look, whether it's free agency or the draft, to address these needs. I, specifically in the free agency front, who is at whichever position of need that the Browns have? Who is maybe the one name? It could be via trade. It could be in free agency that you like really think would be a huge, a great fit for the Browns that you would really love to go see him get? That's a great question. Um, so I, I think a lot of people, to me, as I sit here right now, I think about wanting to solve the defensive line with veterans mm. because I know veterans can come in and help me right away. 
I think wide receiver, you, you can get by with drafting a guy, letting David Bell continue to get reps. And yeah, would I like it if they went out and traded for a DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks? Sure, but it's not necessarily a route I think is going to make or break their season in terms of what they need to really, really upgrade. So I'm looking at defensive line. Now, a lot of people, especially at defensive tackle, as I look at that position, and certainly edge too, I'm looking at those. But when I look at defensive tackle, I'm like, they need a couple guys. So I'll give you two people that I would be really interested in, in going and signing. A lot of people look at Dayron Payne, the defensive tackle from the Washington Commanders, as an elite uh, free agent, and Draymond Jones. He's my favorite. Guy. Yeah, those guys are great. And Javon Hargrave's another one. Yeah. Great, great talents. But they're very expensive. They're going to approach 15 to $20 million a year. And it's hard to think the Browns can fit that in. And what I would like them to do is take that and break it up into three players between edge and defensive tackles and value. And there really are good value players out there. So one guy I would be really keen on getting is Sean Robinson. He's out mm. uh, with the Rams, a nice value player you could probably get in the $4 million range, a really big body, 320 pounds, a, a shade or one technique, meaning he aligns very tight over the center guard as a primary run defender. And then a budget free agent defensive tackle on the three technique side, which is a bit wider, a bit more pass rush focused. That, that's a position I'd love to see them solve. Obviously, would I love it if they signed Payne or, or, or you know, one of the others that are at the elite Hargrave types? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I certainly lean toward the, the depth of raising it with more of those older free agents who are ready to contribute right now, which is a hope that I think the Browns will do more of this. And I lean toward Sheldon Rankins, who is formerly with the Saints, and is a really yeah. nice complimentary piece to potentially Nation Robinson and maybe bringing back Taven, uh, Taven Bryan as rotation and then a rookie and Perry on Winfrey on top of that. So there's two guys on the inside. If you're looking to edge, like a David Onyemata, who's in San Francisco last year, would be an interesting one uh, to consider. Um, there, there's a lot of really – like a Matt Ioannidis would be an interesting one to consider too. There's, it's a really nice – if you're looking for like the mid-tier – D-tackle, DN free agency, where we can go get three or four guys to truly have a formidable rotational pass rush unit, they can go get them. And, they, and that's why I tend to shy away from the 15 to $20 million for one player and take that $22, 23000000 million and get three or four players who can really help you, uh, you know, form a real rotation and, and a quality group there around what they have. And then they go into the draft not needing to force a player, and they let that best player available land in their lap. Am I crazy for thinking Brandon Cooks uh, for the wide receiver front is maybe a better fit in terms of what the Browns need than DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, it depends. I mean, I, I certainly covet separation, and, and Hopkins still separates. Yeah. That's where everything stems from separation. I mean, a lot of people love to talk speed, and I'm fine with that. Not that Cooks can't. I would be fine with Cooks. He's a, he's a great player. He's a tear down from, from, from Hopkins, but he can run and he can do different things, and he's always produced. Everywhere he's been, he's always yeah. produced, but I mean, Hopkins, and I've heard some people say something similar, and I, I just think he's still really good. He was dealing with inconsistent quarterback play. He was obviously suspended for some of last year, but he can still separate. And people want to talk about yards after catch and all these things. Hey, man, the guys who create the most yards after catch are the guys who have the least amount of people around them when they catch a football, and he still does that really, really well. So it's all about opportunity costs. What are the Cardinals trying to get? If they want a second, it's too rich. You know, you got to give them an extension – if Cooks is available for pick 98, would you do it? I probably would, right? So 
It's just a matter of what the asking price is as we sit here now, month out from free agency, stuff to gauge. But I, I mean, to, to to be completely frank, man, between if they want to go that route, the Cooks, Tyler Lockett out in Seattle, if they're interested in moving him, I don't know if they are, but if they are interested in moving him, he's another guy who just gets open and catches the rock. And then obviously, um, you know, between between Hopkins and Cooks and that, you have three options there that are guys that can go again. Now, could they go young too? Could they try to maybe move? a young corner on the roster or somebody else to go get a young receiver, a Jerry Judy or an Elijah Moore, that's possible. But you, again, it's trades are fun to make up on your end, but is there anybody reciprocating that desire to have something reasonable done? We all loved the Amari Cooper trade. The Browns did it because they found a team willing and yeah. urgent to get off of somebody that they could take advantage of. So if that this situation, the situation presents itself again this year, I'm sure Andrew Barry will pounce on it because he, he's looking for, they should be looking for, ready-to-go players in a year that all the chips are in the middle of the table for everybody. They have to win. Like, point blank, they have to win or it starts to get uncomfortable. He's Jake Burns, covers the Browns as part of the Orange and Brown Report, also does the uh, Orange and Brown Film Room Breakdown Podcast. It's a great, great platform that we have here locally to kind of get more of the X's and O's. And leading up to the draft, it's great because he's diving into a lot of these players, many of whom he named that the Browns could be interested in this week at the Combine. Jake, appreciate the time. It's always so insightful. Um, thank you so much. We'll definitely do it again soon leading up to the draft. And uh, enjoy the Combine, or as I call it, the uh, the Underwear Olympics. <laughs> underwear Olympics. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on anytime. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Absolutely, Jake. Take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. Good stuff from Jake. Yeah, I, I, I love having Jake on. I just think he gives such great insight, whether it's X's and O's or some of these players that you want to have an eye on for the Combine. It's, it's good stuff. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.